This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah, alladhi ja'ala hadhihi al-ummata qawiyyatan bi-islamiha, azizatan bi-imaniha, qala Allahu ta'ala, walillahi al-izzatu, walirasulihi, walilmu'minin. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ألا فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكما ورد في الرواية وكل ضلالة في النار ألا فاتقوا الله عباد الله وتمسكوا من الإسلام بالعروة الوثقى واحذروا غضب الرب فإن أجسادكم على النار لا تكوى أسابن صف الله إن أجسادنا في آدم we begin, as always, by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise Him and we seek His assistance and we seek His guidance and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah guides, none can misguide, and whomsoever He misguides, then none can guide. And we request praises and blessings upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. My dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, we are living in strange times. We are living in difficult times. But strange and difficult is not something separated from greatness. And it's not something strange to the history of Islam, the history of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the history of the greatest men of this ummah that walked the face of this earth. Brothers and sisters in Islam, the title of the series that inshallah we will run this Friday and every Friday thereafter, at least up to Ramadan, is moments with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And I was thinking, subhanallah, what moment from the life of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam can I share with you all? At, you know, this strange time, at this difficult time, at a time when our masajid are closed, at a time when we cannot gather for the Jumu'ah prayer, and subhanAllah, we don't know when we will be able to gather again. At a time when the Kaaba is protected and blocked off. At a time, subhanAllah, when an army from the armies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is creating havoc all over 
the face of the globe. Subhanallah. وَلَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا No one knows the armies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. In a space of one month, brothers and sisters in Islam, subhanallah, our lives have been turned upside down. We hoped to interact with each other physically, but we've been forced to interact with each other virtually. In one month, people never thought, subhanallah, that they would be kept in their homes. Their children would be kept at home and the schools would be closed. Subhanallah. In a month, subhanallah, the health services have become overwhelmed. Things have changed, we can say, at the click of our fingers. Planes are grounded. Just today, a pilot, subhanallah, who's been flying for the past 20 years, contacted me, letting me know how he is living a life he never imagined ever from the time when he was studying to be a pilot to this time today, where his plane has been grounded, and not just his, but the entire airline. The aircrafts of the entire airline have been grounded, and nobody knows when they ever will fly again, subhanAllah. So I thought, what moment from the life of the Messenger wasallam could be shared in this particular broadcast in which we are studying moments from the life of the final messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and trying to extract relevance to the 21st century and the moments that we are living through today and wallahi there are so many moments brothers and sisters in islam but one moment stood out for us to take heed of because even though we are living in difficult times even though we are living through strange times as the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we should never ever lose hope and I recall the battle of Badr, sorry, the battle of Uhud rather, the third year after the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina. And he receives a message that 3,000 people that make up the army of the Quraysh, that are well armed with 3,000 animals, are heading to Medina to seek revenge for what happened during the battle of Badr. They are walking to Medina and marching to Medina to wipe the Muslims off the face of this earth. Today we face a different army, the coronavirus. Then it was the Quraysh. And when this news reached Rasulullah wasallam, no doubt he took precautions because within Medina were hypocrites. So he kept the matter close to heart and he consulted with just a few people from the Sahaba. And then the Prophet ﷺ eventually decided to go out and meet the army of the Quraysh. And that meeting, brothers and sisters in Islam, happened on the plains next to Mount Uhud. This great mountain, subhanAllah. A mountain of hope. A mountain that Rasulullah ﷺ describes as a mountain that we love as believers. And a mountain that loves us, subhanAllah. The Prophet ﷺ set the army. And just before the battle begins, or whilst they were getting to the plains of Uhud, a portion of the army leaves the army and goes back to Medina. The hypocrites, subhanAllah, the hypocrites go back to Medina. And they make a lame excuse and say that we didn't want to come out and fight the Quraysh here. Rather, our shura, our discussion, was for us to allow the Quraysh to come to Medina and we fight them from within our cities because 
our city has roads that we know better than them. And we have homes that we can use to launch aerial attacks so we have an aerial advantage over them. And no doubt the Prophet ﷺ, before heading out, did have a discussion with the Muhajirun and the Ansar. And a portion said, let's fight from within. And a portion said, let's go out and fight them there. And the Prophet ﷺ decided to go out. SubhanAllah, to the extent that when the Prophet ﷺ went into his home to wear his armor, the group that put their case forward to go out and fight the Quraysh, they felt that subhanAllah, maybe we spoke too loudly. Maybe it was the wish of the Prophet ﷺ to meet the army whilst he was in Medina. But because of our boisterous voices, he has chosen to go out. And when the Prophet ﷺ walked out of his home, what happens? They address the Prophet ﷺ and they say, O Messenger of Allah, we apologize. If we were too loud, if you wish, we can stay in Medina and we will support your decision. And the Prophet ﷺ said, it wasn't for a messenger of Allah to wear the armor, to wear the clothes of, of the battle. It wasn't for a messenger to take these clothes off after he has adorned them until the battle is over. Meaning a decision has been made. We have taken the means. We have taken precautions. We have discussed the matter at large with each other. And we have sought Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance. Now we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they go out to the plains of Uhud and difficulty strikes by the hypocrites, making up a large number, leaving the Muslim army and going back to Medina. But nonetheless, the Muslims don't lose their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't take off their armor until the battle is over. And the Prophet ﷺ positions them and he chooses 50 from them and he places them on the mount, that famous mount that we know as the Mount of the Archers, so that they can neutralize the threat of Khalid ibn Walid, who the Quraysh placed at a strategic location so that he could bring his horsemen and attack the Muslims from behind. The Prophet ﷺ neutralized the threat of Khalid by placing these archers and he instructed them the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ, that do not leave your post. Do not leave your post under any circumstances until an instruction comes through for you to leave your post. Do not leave this post even if you see us advancing, even if you see us making gains on the Quraysh. Do not leave your post even if you see us pushing the Quraysh back to Mecca and you see their wealth exposed on the battlefield. Do not leave your post. And the battle began, brothers and sisters in Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the Muslims with mighty gains. For the Muslims then were upon the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, were upon the instructions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Mighty gains came to the believers. Mercy descended from the skies. And the Muslims pushed the kuffar, pushed the Quraysh back towards Mecca so quickly that the mass of their wealth was left exposed on the plains of Uhud. Subhanallah. And this became a test, brothers and sisters in Islam. Now all the Sahaba are the Sahaba. They are the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. We never ever think anything negative about them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave them. But in terms of taking heed from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, and deducing lessons that can help us in the 21st century today, dealing with 
the difficult moments that we are going through. We must analyze what happened. A test came to those 50 archers, for they saw the wealth of the Quraysh exposed. They saw the beautiful matters of the life of this world in front of them. And thus they felt, or shaitan whispered to them, that you know what? It is as good as us having received instruction from the Prophet ﷺ. The battle is over. The battle is won. Look what happened at Badr. Just before we had the battle of Badr. And we were so depleted in terms of resources. But we beat them. And Allah has sent His help again. And we have won. It's as if we've received instruction from the Prophet ﷺ. Let's leave our post and let's go ahead. And thus a difference of opinion uh, ensued amongst them. Some said, no, don't leave. Remember what the Prophet ﷺ said. And some said, it's a matter that's ordained. We can leave. It's, it's, we have won. It's as if we have received the instruction to leave. And so they left. And Khalid ibn Walid, radiallahu anhu, this great companion, but he became a companion after the battle of Uhud. He saw his chance. He was a master. He was, he was a master at the art of war. He saw his opportunity and thus he went behind the mountain to pursue the Muslims from behind. And alas, the Muslims didn't have enough armor to fire, uh, enough weapons to fire uh, uh, to the, 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 you know, the, the movement of Khalid ibn Walid and Khalid ibn Walid and his army. And thus they also were attacked and they were made martyrs. And this army entered the plains of Uhud from behind and charged the Muslims from behind. Suddenly, subhanAllah, the Muslims find themselves being attacked from behind. Spears are entering their backs. Arrows are entering their backs. How could this be? And they turn around to suddenly find themselves sandwiched between the Quraysh who are running towards Mecca and Khalid ibn Walid who was running towards them with his men. And the Quraysh suddenly, suddenly saw weakness ensue. So the Muslims become weakened in their attack and they turned around to see what exactly was happen happening. And so they regrouped and they attacked the Muslims back and great strife, brothers and sisters in Islam, came to this ummah. We said earlier the coronavirus within the flick of a finger has changed our lives upside down. Last month we were planning things to do this month and next month and all of a sudden those plans, <laughs> those plans subhanAllah have, have become forgotten. Right? This is the battle of Uhud. The Muslims are winning. Within the flick of a finger, all of a sudden, Muslims are falling. Success, all of a sudden, starts turning into defeat. And the Muslims go through great turbulence, brothers and sisters in Islam. And they have the messenger of Rasulullah with them. And then, as the attack and onslaught hits the believers, Musab ibn Umayr, the first Imam of Jumu'ah, the first ambassador of Islam, subhanAllah, the teacher of the Quran and appointed by Rasulullah to go to Medina and teach the, the Muslims there, he passes away, subhanAllah. He is dealt a heavy blow. And it is said that he resembled the Prophet in some way or form. So further difficulty hit the Ummah, the difficulty of rumors. Rumors began to spread, subhanAllah. What happens? People start saying the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. And when these rumors spread, panic began to settle upon the Muslims, such that some Muslims sat down on the plains of Uhud and they laid their weapons on the floor. Some Muslims ran back to Medina 
and a group of Muslims covered the Prophet ﷺ and defended him in earnest. And some Muslims ran into the pathways of Uhud to climb Mount Uhud to seek refuge from the onslaught of the Quraysh. Brothers and sisters in Islam, at the click of a finger, things change, subhanAllah. Cries of victory turned into tears of pain because of beloved people passing away. Beloved Sahaba dropping, subhanAllah, on the plains of Uhud. And brothers and sisters in Islam, Hamza radiallahu anhu was slaughtered, was, was, was killed, subhanAllah, on the plains of Uhud. And how difficult this was for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This difficulty set upon the ummah. These tears came upon the eyes of the Muslims. This fear settled upon the hearts of the believers and all different things started to take place at the click of a at the flick of a, of, of a finger, at the click of a button, we see subhanAllah, rumors spreading. And these rumors creating greater panic. And this panic creating greater difficulty. And all these things begin to happen. But brothers and sisters in Islam, subhanAllah, I'm sure as you listen to this, you are thinking about us right now, how the rumors are flying. And as a result, how prices in shops are climbing, right? We see the character of people. People are starting to charge more. For their products. People are starting to panic buy. They're starting to hoard products, essential products, at the expense of other people. Everyone has become about nafsi, nafsi, save myself. We stop seeing the bigger picture, right? This is what's happening, right? So this difficulty comes in, then as a result, rumors come about, and as a result, panic begins to ensue, and as a result, the different characters start coming about. We start seeing people behave in ways that we didn't know. Uh, existed within them. We see a character that we, we didn't think people had. Subhanallah. This is what turbulence does, brothers and sisters in Islam. Especially sudden turbulence. Turbulence that comes so quickly that the situation changes so suddenly. But brothers and sisters in Islam, amongst all this, I want to highlight a man by the name of Anas ibn Nadar. This Sahabi of the Prophet wasallam. many people don't know about, subhanallah. He, subhanAllah, sees what's happening. He sees the Muslims on the ground. He sees them having put down their weapons. And Anas ibn Nadar is surprised. And he walks across the plains of Uhud, dragging his sword. He's dragging his sword. And he's walking across the plains of Uhud. And he's asking the people, that, oh people, what has happened? What has happened? And they start telling him, oh Anas, haven't you heard? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has passed away. So Anas says, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, the Messenger of Allah has passed away. But what about the Lord of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? What about the Lord of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and our Lord? Subhanallah. Now there's a, there's a story to this brothers and sisters in Islam. Because, Subhanallah, during the Battle of Badr, the Battle of Badr wasn't supposed to be a battle. And when the Prophet ﷺ left Medina to intercept the, the caravan of the Quraysh that was being led by Abu Sufyan, subhanAllah, it was not meant to be a battle, but rather an interception. So the Prophet ﷺ never made a big call and he never asked people to come about. But when the battle happened and the Muslims came to Medina, they came back to Medina successful, Anas ibn Nadr felt sadness in his heart. He was sad that he couldn't be part of this victory with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Subhanallah. He felt hurt. 
He wished he could have been on the battle of Badr, in, on the plains of Badr, during the battle fighting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah, brothers and sisters in Islam. He was sad that he made a promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made a promise to Allah that, Ya Allah, if you ever give me a chance to fight again with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Allah, I will show you who Anas ibn al-Nadr is. La ilaha illallah. I will show you who Anas ibn al-Nadr is, Ya Allah. Give me the chance to show you, Ya Allah, who I am. Give me a chance, Ya Allah, to showcase my iman. Ya Allah, you blessed me to say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Bless me with the chance to prove to you how La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah has settled in the heart of Anas ibn Nadar. If you give me this chance, Ya Allah, I will show you who I am. This is the backdrop. And here on the plains of Uhud, Anas drags his sword and he speaks to the believers. And he tells the believers, what about the Lord of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa what are you scared about? What about the Lord of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Is the battle over? Is our life over? Is our promise to la ilaha illallah over? Is our promise to Muhammadur Rasulullah over? When we said la ilaha illallah, we said la ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah. There's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. We don't fear anyone besides one Allah. There's no situation that can overcome us that will cause us to become decapacitated in front of our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what the situation, we have Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains. So what is the problem, brother? This is what he's saying to the people on the plains of Uhud. La ilaha illallah. And then he says, by Allah, I smell the fragrance of Jannah at Uhud. I smell the fragrance of Jannah with Mount Uhud. And he rushes in, going after the Quraysh, and he launches himself, brothers and sisters in Islam, into the battle, and he takes with him as many as he can. And his body is hurt in unbelievable ways, but he continues until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided that he will achieve and attain the level of shahada. Subhanallah. The level of shahada. Allah takes him, he passes away as a shaheed. Brothers and sisters in Islam, when the battle of Uhud was over, and the Prophet ﷺ searched for the dead, they found the body of Anas ibn Nadr. He had over 70 stabbings in his body. Over 70 stabbings, brothers and sisters in Islam. Over 70 scars from arrows, from spears, from swords. And he couldn't, he was beyond recognition. They needed his sister to recognize him from small parts of his body, fingertips, brothers and sisters in Islam. This is how he was recognized. Brothers and sisters in Islam, in Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals, and it is believed that Anas ibn al-Nadr is being referred to with this ayah. Allah says, مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رِجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا عَاهَدُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَةٌ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا Listen carefully brothers and sisters in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says from the believers are those who fulfilled their promise to Allah. They made a promise to Allah. They said, La ilaha illallah, that was their promise. They said, Muhammadur Rasulullah, that was their promise. Minal mu'minina rijalun sadaqu. They were true to the promise that they made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From them are those who have returned to Allah having proven 
their promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from them are those who remain. They haven't passed away yet. And they continue the battle in proving themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wait to return to Allah having fulfilled their promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا Brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something great about these people. He tells us that, that these are people who never changed anything. They never changed anything. When the situation was normal, when there was no coronavirus, when airports were open, when metropolitans were busy, when job security was at a high, they acted upon La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And these very same people, when metropolitans became closed, and when airports were shut, and when currencies and shares were, crash, were crashing, and when the virus was, uh, was afflicting, and when people were passing away, they never changed their promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They remained the same brothers and sisters in Islam. They were the same. They feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and were with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the good times and during the difficult times in the same way. They were upon the sunnah during the good times and during the difficult times on the same way. This is the reality of Iman, brothers and sisters in Islam. And this should be our reality right now, brothers and sisters in Islam. That at this moment, we show ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We prove ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not that Allah needs us to show ourselves to Him or prove ourselves to Him. Rather, we need to prove ourselves to ourselves. Brothers and sisters in Islam, this is the time to contemplate and realize exactly who we are and who we're not. Because subhanallah, when times are easy, yes, we are Muslims, yes, we are people of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. But subhanallah, to what extent? This is the time for us to realize, brothers and sisters in Islam, to what extent were we from Hizbullah? Were we from the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is the time to contemplate. During the good times, how many, how many times did we hold on to the sunnah? During the good times, how many times did we raise our hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? During the good times, how many times did we think about causes beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? During the good times, how many times did we think about death? Subhanallah. This is a time for us to ask ourselves, brothers and sisters in Islam, did we feel safe because of living in a first world country? Did we feel safe because of our financial standing and material well-being? Did we feel safe because of all these things during the good times? Or did we truly feel safe because we knew we were under the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Thus we felt the sincere need to turn to Allah and thank Allah and worship Allah and turn to Allah. We need to understand the extent of our iman, brothers and sisters in Islam, till it's too late. And perhaps Allah has brought the situation to give us a chance to recalibrate, to give us a chance to have that thinking day with ourselves, to give us a chance to realize who we are and who we're not. Perhaps we've been living a deception, brothers and sisters in Islam, where we thought, subhanallah, we are from the people of Jannah, but we were not from the people of Jannah. May Allah protect us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Allah says, has the story of the people of the hellfire reached you? Right? Has the story reached you? They were people who worshipped Allah. They were people who did good. Or at least they thought they were doing good. They exerted themselves and they tired themselves and they thought they were, were in a good way. Allah will fling them 
to the pits of Jahannam. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said, a calamity that brings you closer to Allah is better than a blessing that takes you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So think about this brothers and sisters in Islam, because the life of this world, if we have forgotten, is nothing but temporary. There's nothing guaranteed about this life except death. Death will come. Al-mawtu babun wa kullu nasi Death is a door and everyone will walk through it. But brothers and sisters, it's not about if you will die. It's about how you will die. And for a believer, we never ever forget that for us, we build Jannah during the good times and during the difficult times. During the good times, we build Jannah through being thankful. And during difficult make us realize the reality of our journey to Allah. Allah brings us difficult times to make us think critically thoughts that we wouldn't have thought had the times been only good. So brothers and sisters in Islam, difficult times came to the best before us, right? It came to the Prophet ﷺ. It came to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيَذَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عَلَى مَا أَنْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ حَتَّى يَمِيزَ الْخَبِيثَ مِنَ الطَّيِّبِ Subhanallah. Allah says it wasn't for Allah to leave the believers upon just good times. Allah will never leave us upon one circumstance or upon one situation. Allah says it wasn't for Allah to leave the believers upon one way until Allah differentiates between the pure and the impure. This test of the coronavirus, brothers and sisters in Islam, is Allah making manifest the pure from amongst us from the impure from amongst us. Allah is making manifest for us, brothers and sisters in Islam, the reality of our iman. Are we going to hoard at the expense of other people? Are we going to lie to the government so that we can get money from the bailout package that we don't deserve? What are we going to do, brothers and sisters in Islam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to separate the pure from the impure. Are we going to be like the Ansar who were selfless, who helped the people with things that they needed themselves. They knocked the door of their neighbor with a loaf of bread because there's a shortage of bread even though they needed that loaf themselves. Or are we going to be the one who hides our bread when our neighbor knocks our door and asks us for help because they're hungry and they don't have food for that day? Who are we going to be, brothers and sisters in Islam? Are we going to show the promise that we made to Allah like Anas ibn Nadr did and raise our iman? and raise our hands in dua. Anas had a sword, we have dua. Dua is the weapon of a believer. How many of us, subhanAllah, have cried to Allah when the masajid closed? And how many of us have continued to cry to Allah? The doors of the masjid being closed, have we become desensitized to it? Do we feel khalas, life is moving on? By Allah, brothers and sisters in Islam, I just said, death will come, the question is how will we die? That is the reality. Right? How will we die? Do we want to die having been desensitized to the reality? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. By Allah, the masjid has a special place in the hearts of the believers, brothers and sisters in Islam. Right? So this test should really make us realize the reality of our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This test should make us realize our connection to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Allah will never punish a people whilst the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is with them. And today we don't have the messenger, but we have the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in his final sermon, 
in a hadith which is in Bukhari and Muslim, in the most authentic books of hadith, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ مَا إِنْ تَمَسَكْتُمْ بِهِ لَنْ تَظِلُّ بَعْدِ أَبَدًا كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّتِي The Prophet ﷺ said, I leave with you two things. If you hold steadfast unto them both, you will never ever go astray. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. If we are upon the sunnah, brothers and sisters in Islam, no harm will come to us. No punishment will come to us. The archers on the mountain, had they held onto the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ during the battle of Uhud, had they not left their post, had they listened in completion to every letter in the words of the Prophet ﷺ, no doubt victory would have come about. But Allah caused the situation to be, perhaps, so that you and I in the 21st century can learn from those moments with the Messenger ﷺ, can learn when the Quraysh struck and turned the world upside down, when our circumstances changed at the push of a button and at the click of a finger, we can learn from what happened then and apply the corrective measures now. Brothers and sisters in Islam, I don't want to take too much of your time, but here's a few things. I'm not here to give you all one-way tickets to doom, one-way tickets to Jahannam. This is not a lecture of uh, despair. This is a lecture of hope, brothers and sisters in Islam. We have to be hopeful, but in a pragmatic, proactive, productive way. We can't have false hope. False hope is a waste of time. And no hope is also a waste of time. We've got to be hopeful in the right way. Thus we take from the battle of Uhud, and we highlight realities now, so that we can adopt ourselves in the right way, and act appropriately upon the Quran, upon the Sunnah, so we are upon the way of correct hope. Again, I repeat, this is not a message of despair, it's a message of hope. It's a message of hope if we analyze our lives and look at how close we are to the teachings of Rasulullah and how far we are from those teachings. If we look at our business dealings, how many of us are lying about our cost price? How many of us are uh, entering businesses through haram capital, forbidden capital? How many of us are signing on the dotted line of contracts that are purely riba contracts? Contracts through which we declare war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How are we in our interactions between the genders? How are the girls with the boys? How are the boys with the girls? How are the males with the females? How are the females with the males? Today we have the mobile phone. Everyone is chatting to everyone. The husband uh, keeps his phone away from his wife and he's chatting to other girls. The wife keeps her phone away from the husband and she's ch ch chatting to other men, right? Are we visiting incorrect websites? Are we watching that which we shouldn't watch? Are we doing those things that we know Allah told us not to do whilst knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us you know, do those things? Let us critically analyze ourselves. For hope definitely will come if we change our ways, for Allah promises not to change our ways unless we change our ways ourselves. Allah won't change our circumstance if we don't transform, if we don't change. If we want to get through this turbulence, brothers and sisters in Islam, we have to change. We have to hold on to the sunnah. We have to mend our ways. We have to seek forgiveness for our sins. We have to turn to Allah. Allah says Allah brings situations upon us why? For the purpose of tadarru'. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Allah says, وَمَا يَتَضَرَّعُونَ 
Allah says we brought punishment to the people and they didn't turn to Allah. So Allah wiped them out. Allah brings these circumstances, brothers and sisters in Islam, so that we can turn to Allah. Tabarru refers to this spiritual, heartfelt, you know, uh, 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 turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with pain you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with hope you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having good thoughts you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in regret for your past this is tadarru you turn to Allah and you say Ya Allah lift off us this punishment for inna mu'minun rabbana kshif anna al-azab inna mu'minun that Allah lift off us this punishment for indeed we are believers we are turning to Ya Allah we are seeking forgiveness for our mistakes and we promise to mend our affairs Ya Allah lift this punishment off us for indeed we are believers this is the hope we need brothers and sisters in Islam to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have good thoughts in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does he does good in the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that there's nothing like complete evil. Understand this and understand it well. There's nothing like complete evil, brothers and sisters in Islam. Something might be evil, but from an angle. From another angle, there's goodness in it. Because whatever Allah does, He does good. Okay? And I always give this example of Yusuf alayhi salam. When Yusuf alayhi salam was a young boy and thrown into the well at seven years of age, anyone reading the story at that time would say, subhanallah, this is evil, right? But 50 years later, plus or minus, when he is the minister of finance in Egypt, and he is the only one with the trustworthiness and the truthfulness and the financial ability to take Egypt through seven years of rainfall so that they can have food through seven years of drought, right? And he did this with the help of Allah, not only did he have food for seven years uh, of, uh, you know, through seven years of drought in Egypt, but he also had food through seven years of drought for Palestine, for the neighboring country, subhanAllah. He had an excess, right? But he was the only one who could achieve this. But he wouldn't have been the minister in Egypt, brothers and sisters in Islam, had he not been thrown into the well 50 years before. Every day life gives us pixels. That's what life gives us. It gives us pixels. But we can never ever understand the picture from a pixel. We need to gather the pixels. And we need to be patient in gathering those pixels. We can't rush. Right? Some pixels might confuse us more. Others even more. Others even more. But we don't rush. We keep gathering the pixels until we see the whole picture. If we knew that by Yusuf being thrown into the well at the age of around seven, would lead to him saving millions of lives plus or minus 50 years later. Who from us wouldn't have said, throw him into the well? Right? Not that we're saying we, 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 we go against the laws of Islam, but hindsight, right? Hindsight is, is a unique thing, right? When you look at the matter 50 years later and you see millions of people eating and millions of people surviving, mashallah, tabarakallah, because of the excellent management of this man, and he wouldn't have been in that position had he not been thrown into the well. You realize, subhanallah, whatever Allah does, he does good. It's just that sometimes we can't see the good in the moment that we are in. Take the example of a person who sells windscreens, right? He sells windscreens. Now, mostly cars don't need windscreens, right? So he's a patient man. He's a patient man. He's patient. And everyone else who has cars 
with their windscreen safe, they are thankful. Alhamdulillah, nothing happened to our windscreens. So the car owners worship Allah through being thankful. Right? Right? And uh, the, the, the person who sells the windscreens, what does he do? He worships Allah through being patient. He likes, he would like to sell his stock. But people, there's no demand for windscreens. Right? So he's patient and he worships Allah every day. And everyone else worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through being thankful. Right? Subhanallah. But what happens the day hailstones fall from the sky and smashes the windscreens of the car owners? What happens that day? Think about it. On that day, the car owners now have to worship Allah through being patient because their property got damaged. And what about the guy who sells windscreens? How is he going to worship Allah that day? Hmm? He's going to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through being thankful. Because all of a sudden there's a demand for his windscreens. He's going to sell out. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. So, brothers and sisters in Islam, there's no complete evil. Something may be evil from an angle, but it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a positive angle to it that we don't know of. We should wait for it. We should look for it. And we should understand that this dunya only gives us opportunities to build Jannah. A believer is in a win-win situation. If we have a good day, we thank Allah and build Jannah through being thankful. If we have a difficult day, we build Jannah through being patient. Yes, we are going through difficult days. Don't lose your Iman. Don't lose your Islam. Don't lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't fear the virus. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't put your trust in your first world government. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let this lesson be a long term lesson brothers and sisters in Islam that when Corona goes and Allah preserves us in his obedience inshallah and we return back to the norms of our lives we maintain trust in Allah and not in the government we maintain trust in Allah and not in our bank balance we maintain trust in Allah and not in our health services we maintain trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not in the life or the circumstances that the life of this world uh, uh, grants us when things go back to normal we never ever forget, brothers and sisters in Islam, that life is fragile. We just came through a month or two months or three months where death was only a handshake away. That's what they tell us. A handshake away, brothers and sisters in Islam, right? right? The Prime Minister of the, of, of the UK, Boris Johnson, he says, I'm going to be shaking people's hands and I shake everybody's hands. Subhanallah. Today it's been announced that he's been affected with the coronavirus. Right? Subhanallah. So, getting sick or even losing your life is only a handshake away. When life turns back to normal, don't ever forget that, brothers and sisters in Islam. Don't ever forget how fragile life is. And if life is so fragile, don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant. Why be arrogant? If a germ that you cannot see with the naked eye can turn the whole world upside down, a germ, brothers and sisters in Islam, wars have stopped because of this germ. Trade wars have stopped because of this gem. It's turned the world upside down. And you can't see it with the naked eye. If this is the power of a gem, well, why should you and I be arrogant? Who are we? Who are we brothers and sisters in Islam? Why should we be arrogant? Right? Why should we oppress people? Why should we exercise our egos? After life comes back to normal. And we have hope in Allah that it will. And Allah will preserve us in His obedience. And we will get there inshallah. After that, brothers and sisters in Islam, don't be arrogant and remember that life is fragile and death is only a handshake away. Finally, brothers and sisters in Islam, from the sunnah is taking the means. And right now, the biggest means we can take is staying at home. Right? That's the biggest means we can take is staying at home. 
maintaining personal hygiene. The Prophet ﷺ already taught us to wash our hands. He used to wash his hands during every wudu. He said it's enough to wash one time and it's better to wash three times. His sunnah was to wash three times. And he taught us to wash our hands when we wake up in the morning before touching any food or touching any water. Wash your hands first when you wake up in the morning, right? He taught us the sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Let us wash our hands intending to follow the sunnah. So we are rewarded for practicing the sunnah and we are also rewarded for taking the means, right? Because Allah wants us to take the means to save our lives and protect our health. So Allah will reward us, but also intend following the Prophet sallallahu advice about washing hands so you get the rewards for practicing the sunnah as well. And brothers and sisters in Islam, as you stay at home, intend three things. Number one, Ya Allah, I'm staying at home because you love for me to protect my health and life. So reward me, Ya Allah, for protecting my health and life. Number one. Intend another thing. Number two, I am staying at home, Ya Allah, to do good to other people. So Ya Allah, reward me. Reward me for doing good to other people, Ya Allah. Because you, you taught me through the messenger that we should love for our brothers what we love for ourselves. And I love for myself to be protected. So I'm staying at home to protect my brother. Ya Allah, reward me, Ya Allah, the rewards of practicing the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, to love for our brothers what we love for ourselves. فَلَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى The Prophet ﷺ said, you will not truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So in isolation, intend to practice this hadith. And number three, intend to practice another hadith. The hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he said that min that the most beloved people to Allah are those that are beneficial to others. So I'm staying at home to be beneficial to the health system. I'm staying at home to be beneficial to other people. So Ya Allah, please give me the rewards of being beneficial to other people. So once again, as you stay at home, as you stay in isolation, Intend, increase your intention so you gather so many rewards and you can build your Jannah in so many ways. Number one, I'm staying at home to practice the sunnah of looking after my health and looking after myself. Number two, I'm staying at home to practice the hadith of loving for my brother, what I love for myself. And number three, I'm staying at home to practice the hadith that teaches me that the most beloved people to Allah are those that are beneficial to themselves and beneficial to other people. Brothers and sisters in Islam, this is our second Jumu'ah without a Jumu'ah. When I say Jumu'ah, I mean the day of Jumu'ah without a Jumu'ah. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with this technology. Alhamdulillah, blessed us with this technology so that we can still carry on some of the wisdoms of Jumu'ah. And from the wisdoms of Jumu'ah is to speak to the Ummah and guide the Ummah and calibrate or recalibrate, should I say, the Ummah. And inshallah, this lecture online was a means for that brothers and sisters in Islam. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the technology. Make sure you thank Allah for it. I think the coronavirus has taught us that there's so many things in our lives that we're not thankful for. And now Allah has taken it away. So let us thank Allah. So Allah increases for us and He doesn't take it away. Right, brothers and sisters in Islam? It's our second Jum'ah without the Jum'ah proceeding. We don't forget the hurt that we feel because the doors of the masajid are closed. But in the same breath, we thank Allah for the technology that's helped us to at least um, taste some of what we taste during the days of Jum'ah. Also, brothers and sisters in Islam, now that the doors of the masajid are closed, 
it doesn't mean the expenses of the masajid don't exist. It doesn't mean that the imams don't have to be paid. The counselors don't have to be paid. The mentors don't have to be paid, right? Uh, the, 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 the scholars and the du'at don't have to be paid. It doesn't mean that the masjid doesn't have uh, electricity bills and gas bills and, um, uh, and uh, you know, uh, municipality uh, bills and so on and so forth. Let us not forget that yes, the doors of the masjid are closed, but we can still benefit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence and its safe running by donating online. We can't donate physically. Normally we used to go for Jumu'ah and the bag used to come across and we used to put money in the bag. Alhamdulillah, we have technology to send the money across. Brothers and sisters in Islam, make sure no masjid has to fire its imam or release its imam because there's no money to pay the imam because the doors of the masjid are closed. It's still the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, the money that you spend still every Friday, inshallah, will be testimony, right? That you miss the masjid, testimony that you love the masjid. And inshallah, this money will uh, bear testimony for us on the day of Qiyamah that we were people that loved the masjid for, in, for indeed those who love the masjid they have a special place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah brothers and sisters in Islam as one of our mashallah um, uh, attendees said uh, money does uh, charity doesn't decrease your give the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala know that yes you can't come to it with your body but you can come to it with your money Alhamdulillah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will return that money for you and increase it for you and use it as a means of protecting you and your family, uh, inshallah. So don't forget the masjid as well. Last but not least, we don't forget to send praises upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on this day. On this day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the blessings and praises that his ummah has done for him. So let us make sure we increase. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammad. Wa sallim wa barik ala nabina Muhammad. We continue sending salutations and blessings upon the messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't forget this brothers and sisters in Islam. Don't forget your morning adhkar. Don't forget your evening adhkar. And don't forget to hold steadfast onto the Quran. And this is the last thing that I will say because some people said, Subhanallah, Ya Sheikh, make dua for us. Our homes are tight. It's too congested, right? Our homes are too congested and we are in isolation and so on and so forth. I say to you, brother Islam, the Prophet of, the Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's our best guide and he taught us that whoever finds their home too tight, read the Quran and Allah will make their home spacious. I'm paraphrasing the hadith. Right? But he taught us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the Qur'an makes our homes spacious. So hold steadfast onto the Qur'an. I love you all for the sake of Allah, brothers and sisters in Islam. Everything corrected is from Allah alone. Any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. And I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, forgiveness. Uh, I also um, apologize for the slight delay at the beginning. We were supposed to run the session on Facebook Live. Uh, but where I am, Facebook Live has been blocked. Uh, so we moved it to YouTube. And um, given that um, we had to uh, do it quickly, um, I needed to make some adjustments um, during the broadcast. So you might have seen my, my finger uh, going over the camera a little bit. So please excuse me for uh, any technical difficulties. And I hope to see you all, inshallah, next week in good health, in good iman. May Allah preserve us in his obedience. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Pray for me and I pray for you. And let us pray for each other. Dua is indeed the weapon of a believer. 
And indeed, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who answers the dua of the distressed. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.